I'm Jack Zemlicka, and welcome to this episode of our 2020 Precision Farming Dealer Podcast Series. In today's program, we get some insight into how the spring supply chain is being disrupted by the coronavirus pandemic, and how one precision dealer is proactively planning to keep customers running throughout the season. If you're tuning in for the first time, I'd encourage you to subscribe to this series, currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify. And a reminder that by subscribing, you will be able to get an alert when upcoming episodes in this series are released. While scaling preseason spring planting projects is as much an art as it is a science for Lance Larson, Precision Service Coordinator with Agtegra, a 5,000-plus farm cooperative based in Aberdeen, South Dakota, and Precision Farming Dealers' 2014 Most Valuable Dealership. But with planters getting ready to roll throughout Lance's service area, he and nearly 20 precision specialists are finding some parts to be scarce as suppliers encounter delays due to the pandemic. While he estimates 75 to 80 percent of planter projects, including installation of downforce and fertilizer application systems, are completed, there are still few planters parked in Agtegra's shops awaiting parts. In today's Precision Farming Dealer podcast, we share excerpts from my conversation with Lance, who discusses how he and his team are navigating seasonal uncertainty with calculated parts orders to ensure customer uptime. Just starting out, can you give me a little bit of an overview of, of where you guys are at in terms of the, the season this spring? Sure. So as of today, uh, I would say we've got most of our projects are complete to the point where we can probably go to the field, uh, get some of that startup stuff done. But we do have a fair amount of projects that have been, I would say, 75 to 85 percent are complete. We're waiting on backordered parts for the ones that are not completed at this point. And every day, it seems like we keep getting more parts and more parts. So we can't go in and just complete a project. It's like you just keep adding parts and pieces every day or every couple days or whenever the parts come in and just keep communicating with the growers on, hey, this is what we're dealing with. And being upfront and honest with them, I think, has helped, and, and they kind of understand the situations that we're in. You know, coronavirus, uh, we're all kind of in uncharted territories because of this. And as of today, we are sitting really well, as far as I'm concerned and my guy's concerned, um, as far as health-wise. Projects, obviously, like I said, we're, we're doing rather well on them because most of the things that we are waiting on are going to be quick bolt-on items that, you know, the main system is on there. We just need tidying up or, or some loose ends that need to be tied up on the end here. So it's not going to be like it's a, a lot of time uh, to finish these projects. It's just we need to get the parts and get them on there. If I look back a year ago without the coronavirus going on, I can't say that we've changed our business a whole lot. We're probably communicating with the grower more today than we did a year ago because a year ago, what it would be is, hey, we're going to come work on your planner Tuesday, Wednesday, next week. Now it's, we continuously, hey, we're going to be out there. We don't necessarily don't want you next to us or around us. But if you've got any questions, let's get them addressed right now. And we'd just as soon be just, we're going to show up. We're going to work on the planner. We're going to leave. 
if you've got any questions after we've been there, give us a call and we'll talk through that. We're, we're trying to get rid of that face-to-face -face interaction as much as we possibly can. And in some scenarios, there's nothing we can do about it. We just got to, we got to talk to people. But, you know, in the building, all of our doors are locked. If you need parts, you got to call. Uh, we'll set them outside. And if you haven't called ahead, then a lot of times you're probably going to have to just sit outside and wait until we get your parts pulled or do your other errands in town and whatever, and then come back and grab whatever you needed. So can, can you elaborate a little bit on some of the projects that you guys either had already completed ahead of spring or, you know, some of the things that are involving waiting on some of those parts to, to come in to wrap those up? Yeah. So, you know, there's going to be, you know, there's a couple planners in the shop right now that we're waiting on parts from vendors. We did full planner systems, aftermarket app planner systems, and there might be a, a certain part that was back ordered from the vendor at that point. I, did, I don't want to throw out vendors names to throw them under the bus because, you know, they're doing everything they can on their end as well. So, you know, it could be anything from a trash whipper to a downforce system to whatever, you know, even a fertilizer application system. They have the bulk of the parts on hand and, and we got the bulk of the parts. It's just that there's some little pieces that they were waiting from their vendors to, to complete kits. And instead of waiting, they sent out the bulk of the stuff to us. We got that done. Now we're just waiting for them final tidbits to get it wrapped up. So what, what kind of a, a timetable do you have? I mean, in terms of what's being communicated to, to you guys and then what you're communicating to customers in terms of that wait time. Yep. So at this point, you know, when we're talking to our customers, obviously it, it, it all pivots on, you know, when these parts come in. So basically we're just telling them, Hey, when the parts show up, we're going to get the project done. We have no idea. It could be tomorrow. It could be two weeks, but at the end of the day, we're going to get it taken care of and they're going to be ready to plant corn when they're ready to go to the field. So talking to the vendors, you know, most of them are starting to get to the point where they're getting caught up with the bulk of their shipments and a lot of their back, back ordered items are showing up at this point. So now at this point, it's just getting them, them shipments out the door and to us. And to be honest with you, I think at this point, I think we've only got four projects here at Bath. I think we've got a couple down in Woolsey that we need to wrap up. But other than that, then we're kind of waiting at this point just for the green flag to drop and us to go to the field. So remind me again on, on how big of a team, you know, you guys have there on the precision side and, and maybe talk a little bit about the internal communication, you know, how you guys have been able to stay in touch or maintain efficiency, um, meet those customer expectations, obviously without probably the same level of interaction you're accustomed to, particularly this time of year. Yep. So one thing on our end, our interaction within the team is kind of maintained. And, you know, that's one thing kind of not to get off course on you, but that's one thing that I'm really fortunate. And, and, you know, I, I think about other industries and, and other people that are struggling with this whole COVID-19 thing that we're going through and they, they can't interact with people like we do from the start, the team of, you know, we got close to 20 people now on our team total we've been in close contact from the start of this. So at that point, we don't have to 
stay away from them people because we've been around them. Um, when we go home, we go home. We don't get to do anything after work, but just being able to interact with, with the people and the guys and the girls on the team, I kind of almost gives us a, a, an unfair advantage versus the rest of the world, I would say, because there's a lot of people that are going through this that are sitting at home with their direct family and that's all the interaction with people that they have. So I don't know. I'm, I'm really fortunate and happy about that. Uh, the one thing that we've done different, I guess, is we're doing a lot more Zoom meetings um, just to communicate back and forth with, you know, my group and my team here in Aberdeen and then the group in Woolsey. The, the group out in Bottle, they stop here every morning and grab parts and then they head out to Bottle to their, to their projects. But one thing that, that hasn't changed is I've actually got guys from Aberdeen and, you know, my group are actually down in Woolsey helping wrap up some projects down there this week. So really our, our whole team, the way we do business hasn't really changed internally. It's just that external part that we've kind of been dancing and skirting around. So you're obviously looks like you're coming to today from your office there. So from Agtegra's standpoint, have they communicated or implemented anything that's company-wide or, or policies or procedures? I know obviously talking with a lot of other, yep. uh, you know, dealerships, uh, you know, they've taken measures, some, you know, more uh, significant than others uh, in terms of, you know, access and having employees come in or stay home. Sure. You know, the biggest thing that happened, I would say kind of right away, Jack, was the obviously the fear of the unknown. And one of the things that happened was the people that didn't have to be in the buildings, you know, whether it's bookkeepers or, you know, whatever the position was, if they could do their job like they would in the office, they were sent home to work from home. And that was right out of the chute. And then shortly after that, we got the company-wide, hey, everybody lock your doors. Uh, we got a couple documents to hang on the door for customers to under, you know, read and understand what's going on and why we're doing it. And then phone numbers of people to get in contact with if they did need something. And then obviously there's, there's all kinds of policies on the back end. You know, if we'd run into somebody that, say if I go home and my significant other comes down with something, then I've got to contact my supervisor and say, Hey, we've got a, I've got a fever in my household. We're, we're experiencing symptoms. So at that point, I've got to stay home from work. And there's all kinds of policies along after that, you know, if that person is better for three days without medication, then we can wait a couple more days and then we can come back to work as long as we're not experiencing anything. And, and there's just a lot of different little things like that. But I think that's kind of, oh, I wouldn't say general for everybody, but a lot of other vendors and people that I've talked to is kind of on the same same deal. So when you're looking at, I mean, the diversity of, of Agtegra now, obviously, you know, being on the precision side, that's one aspect. But I mean, unlike a lot of, say, equipment dealerships, I mean, they have, you know, parts and service um, and sales, 
But I mean, there, there's a lot more that goes into the co-op there. I mean, you've got, you know, the fertilizer side, you get the chemical side. So, I mean, there's a lot of different aspects to the business. How have you seen, you know, from your seat, um, any of that dynamic change? Because, you know, I mean, maybe a dealership, smaller ones might have, you know, 20, 30 employees. I mean, you guys are exceptionally larger. Right, right. So, you know, I would say the biggest thing that I've noticed since this whole deal has started and, and things have kind of transitioned, there's a lot more of indirect communication, you know, whether it's phone, uh, email, Zoom meetings, anything like that, whether it's with growers, vendors, the internal team itself, just trying not to, well, I was just talking here probably 20 minutes for you before we got on this call with some of our, uh, well, location out in McLaughlin. They were having some issues with uh, equipment. Well, it was unheard of a year ago to have a Zoom meeting. But because of that Zoom meeting and we could see each other and I could share my screen with them, we figured out the problem and I don't know, I think it took 10, 15 minutes. So although this is kind of a hindrance to some people and it, obviously it's a change, there's some hurdles that we've been dealing with. Uh, it's not the walk up and shake the hand of the customer and give them a pat on the back and say, hey, what can I do for you today type deal. We're learning how to communicate probably better because of it, to be honest with you. And I think there's going to be some good things that come of it, even though there's a lot of negatives as well. So, Yeah, when you think about that, I mean, I know just from from our experience here with, with our organization, I know uh, communication is, has been terribly important, you know, to kind of maintain efficiency and, and keep everybody connected and we've we've seen you know similar benefits in that you know in some cases you know there's actually more communication than than in the past probably because it's more necessary now to jump on a call or a zoom meeting than maybe walk right. over to you know somebody's desk but um, you mentioned the fact that that there may be some some takeaways here and you had a good example there about uh, you know getting on a meeting uh, with another location to diagnose a problem and solve it and I would guess you know maybe a year ago that would have required perhaps a visit out there sending somebody out there. Do you see things coming out of this that, you know, you may carry over then as potential options or, or procedures saying, Hey, you know what, we, we did learn some things out of this and, you know, sure we had some setbacks, but um, there's probably some good that we could implement here. Yeah, no. And, and you know, that's probably one of the biggest ones that I've noticed already. I would have never thought about doing it that way in the past. And, you know, the other thing is, is so many of the employees at Actegra, you know, not just in my, in my precision division, but the agronomists, the, you know, the feed guys, the, I mean, everybody company-wide has been on so many of these Zoom meetings because of this. And prior to this, having somebody get on a meeting like this and actually have their camera on was like a, no, I, you don't need to see me. And now it's to the point where everybody's comfortable talking and, and communicating this way that, you know, in the past, I would say as close as we've come to what we've been doing now, you know, once in a while we'd have a grower that was having issues or a location, an applicator, we'd do a FaceTime via phone and that worked okay. You know, and in some situations that was the only way to do it. 
other than traveling out there. But I think it's it's just opened everybody's mind up and made them open to communicate in this way. And like you said, I, I think the other thing is, is sometimes this has made more communication. And I think part of it goes back to you, you're around the same people so much that you, you almost strive for outside communication. <laughs> no, that, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, you talked a little bit earlier about, uh, you know, obviously some of the, the supply disruptions or challenges that, that you're seeing, um, you know, are, are you sensing anything else company wide, you know, delays and, and, you know, talking with a couple other other farmers and, and dealers, you know, thinking more on, uh, you know, whether it's the, the input side um, and if there's been any holdups or any complications with uh, the services and products uh, Tiger has been, been able to provide on that side. Yep. So actually on our end, you know, just that bath fertilizer up here, up the road, they pretty much had all their prepaid inputs and then some in-house before a lot of this hit. So like the seed beans, the seed corn, a lot of that was delivered throughout the winter before we kind of hit the travel restrictions and started running into a lot of this. So I'm not really seeing or hearing any of that. The only thing I would say that has probably changed is delivering the product to the grower. So a lot of times there was a lot of interaction and stuff like that when we hauled seed corn out to the grower or seed beans or things like that. Now it's more of that communication, hey, we're going to come out, we're going to be there, we're going to pull in the yard at this time. Not much interaction on that unless, you know, about the most that we're probably dealing with as a grower is there to unload pallets or seed boxes but we're trying to keep our distance and no paperwork is getting signed at that point uh, we're not having any of that going on uh, so really that's about the only thing that's changed far as the you know products coming in on that end I think we're doing pretty good from what I've understood at this point and you know one of the things that we did have a little bit of scare we had one uh, vendor that sent us an email Oh, that's probably been a couple of weeks ago now. And there was a company not very far down the road that had a positive case within their manufacturing facility. And they had to shut their facility down for like two weeks. And we got the email that, hey, this had happened. And as of right now, we don't have any issues. But if we do, we're going to we may be shut down for two days. It may be two weeks. It may be a month. We don't know. Well, one of our biggest vendors that we sell, we went ahead and basically made a huge order just to have parts on hand for in season for our growers. And they did an outstanding job getting them parts out the door and getting them to us. And we've already got them allocated to our three locations that we deal with. I would say the only thing that would probably be different. You know, we've got a little bit more leverage to play with and, and kind of pivot in situations like that. You know, some of the smaller precision ag dealers probably weren't able to just basically dump another early order per se. Cause I mean, that's the size of the order that we put in because in season, a lot of times we keep stuff on hand, 
but we don't keep a lot of quantity on hand. You know, as it goes out the door, we just order more and we keep it keep it rotating our stock. Now we're built up. We're we're going to be able to make it all the way until our early order this fall, and we won't have another order until then. And you know, in the past, we've never had to do anything like that. But just out of this scare, we went ahead and did it just to keep our growers going. So with with making orders like that, um, you know, and again, it, nobody really has a good handle on on kind of the the timeline for this and, and when things may loosen up. But, um, you know, is, is there any risk in, in doing that in terms of, you know, like you said, you, you run pretty lean during the yep. season with inventory, but is there, you know, any potential of, I guess, you know, being overstocked or kind of having a, a backlog of inventory? Well, and, and, you know, anytime you put in an order of that size, especially in this business, you know, the precision egg business, as fast as things change, that's how fast your inventory could be out of date, right? You know, the biggest thing is, is we've sold so much of this stuff to so many of our growers that some of it might sit maybe a little bit longer than we'd normally like to hold inventory. Uh, at the end of the day, we're going to sell it. It's going to go out the door. Uh, you know, the, the only downfall is some of it might sit here a little bit longer than what we'd normally like to hold inventory, but yeah. Uh, at this point, that's kind of the nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that we're not going to do. And, and one thing that we're pretty strong on is we want to have the parts. We don't want to have that conversation in season when a guy breaks something or something happens to his planner and say, well, sorry, we don't have parts and we can't order them. Yeah, I, I don't want to have that conversation because I know if the shoe was on the other foot, I wouldn't want to have my guy come to me and tell me, hey, I can't get you that part. So... That's why we went ahead and just did that for just so we don't have to have that conversation. Well, thank you, Lance, for sharing your perspective. And look for more coverage of how other dealerships are navigating the pandemic at farmequipment.com with recaps from different operations throughout the country. You can also keep up on the latest precision farming news impacting your dealership by registering online for our free e-newsletter. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at PFD Editors and on our Precision Farming Dealer Facebook page. Well, I hope that you'll join us again for the next episode in our 2020 podcast series. For Lance Larson, Egg Tegra, and our entire staff here with Precision Farming Dealer, I'm Jack Zemlicka. Thanks for listening.